So unlike our president, Kevin has already conceded the race. We've already decided that NXT was the better show. We'll spend a couple minutes talking about it, but it's the Undertaker 30th anniversary at Survivor Series. So let's just let's just go into that more than anything. It's tonight's Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Let's go. Hello, wrestling fans. We are the Gimmick Podcast. Make sure you Instagram and Twitter at Live Your Gimmick. That's at L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-N. C-K. M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> so uh, this is our second take at trying to do this, and we've been having some issues getting it recorded, so hopefully we can get this in. This is actually probably going to be the second to last show we record for a little while because we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to talk tonight about Survivor Series, and we're going to react to it just because it's a special edition. It's the Undertaker 30-year and we definitely want to make sure that we talk about that because, I mean, I love The Undertaker personally, and, you know, I, I definitely want to uh, spend as much time giving him his due as we possibly can. So once we record those two episodes, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back in time for the Royal Rumble, if not before, because you might miss us or we might miss you or we just might, like, miss talking to each other. Who knows? Uh, but we will You'll all miss me when I'm gone. That's right. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. All I know is that we don't know. This time we had it two weeks. Let's talk about this or everything. Let's go. Okay. AW is good. Okay. Good. NFT was good. Let's go. I'm going to take a survivor series. Let's go. Come on. We don't know. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Come on. How much time we got? A little sleepy co This is going to be rushed bad. just like the end of XT. Yep. <laughs> all right. So obviously, you know who we are. We are the podcast. My name is Jason. So. The self-proclaimed voice of media junkie. I'm with my two co-hosts. We got the Friday Night Pariah, Michael. We got the sleepy co-host, the demo fraud himself. We got Kevin. Uh, guys, I know we've already tried to do this, but how are we doing tonight? Good? Fun? I'm great. I'd be better Fun. if you would quit cutting out every other word. It's Fuck. very confusing. I can't tell what you're saying. I just assume that maybe you're introducing us. And Kevin has a lot of names. God, I hope I'm not cutting out every other word on oh, the actual cut- audio. Um, I would say like not every other word, like almost every word. Fun. All right, cool. <laughs> so we spent some time talking about it, and then it didn't record, so we're not going to spend time talking about it again. But we'll just do a quick little touch-up. Uh, we all agreed that NXT was a better show this week. Even Kevin conceded that. Uh, man, you just can't beat the the last two segments. You got the Rhea Ripley, you know, Shirai match, which was off the chain, and then you got the return of the Undisputed Era at the end. Uh, anything you guys want to say real quick about it before we kind of move on? Holy fuck! Like that entire like last half hour of the show was absolutely fantastic. Takeover level match from EO and Ripley. Uh, Ripley very emotional afterwards, which me and you talked about before. Definitely felt like it was her farewell to NXT. And then you had Finn come out, kind of starts talking, gets interrupted by Pat and Pals, and Undisputed Era shows up, and the fucking best brawl we've seen in, in wrestling in a long time ensued. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, those guys were kicking the shit out of each other. And, you know, to, I mean, you, you made the point earlier about how Adam Cole just kicked Pat McAfee square yeah. in the face. And then you got, the Pete Dunn, you got Pete Dunn and and uh, and Kyle uh, O'Reilly. Yeah. Trying to take each other's arms off. I mean, it was just it was it was brutal. And yeah. Finn Finn just rolled out and left like he, yeah. he, he did. Like, whole, I, I ain't got time for your bullshit. Yeah, he, he, he did his he's whole like, mouse like, away. He's, 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 the cats like, like, will play <laughs> or the cats away. The mice will play line and, and he got the fuck out of there. So. 
but uh but yeah it was good it was good and and i like how it was finn who'd introduced them because i i really didn't see that coming i'll be honest with you <laughs> at first but uh but yeah it was good and and you know and that's we're kind of glossing over it because we don't really want to at this point it's like midnight we're all trying to get this recorded but you know aw for its to its credit had a good show it, it wasn't as good as nxt so yeah aw was a good show it, it, it's not that it did anything wrong it got you know there were some good matches you know kevin you kind of you talked a little bit about it i don't know if there's anything in particular you want to say that stands out real quick before we move on but it was a good show it's just nxt was so good it just overshadowed it yeah i think that was the unfortunate thing for AEW. um i mean they had a great women's match too between uh thunder rosa and the dweeb um <laughs> so um there's a throwback um, that nobody will get <laughs> yeah and then um you know moxley's promo was good the whole contract signing that didn't really happen because who attacked moxley and then the big shot i guess not big but i mean the shock of the night was will hobbs joining uh team ftw so yeah yeah good show just uh, overshadowed by um especially like the, the very endings of uh nxt well- how about the one thing we didn't mention, and we didn't even mention it in the show that we recorded that didn't actually record. We didn't talk about the inner circle in Las Vegas segments that they. Oh played. yeah, <laughs> Oof. like those were. Yeah, I don't know, good. man. Like, I, it was obviously I, a huge hangover spoof, right? Yeah, I mean, but like, so I mean, some of the cameos of Conan. Yeah, that was awesome seeing him back together with. Uh, Santana Ortiz, you know, a little LAX uh, reunion. Yeah. So that was cool. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the, some of the, the hangover stuff's corny, but you know, that, you know, whatever, that is what it is. I thought it was a good. Like swa- swoggle in a diaper. Like, yeah. That was a weird. Yeah. So no, it, it was cool for what it was worth. So yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was weird that they were, but they were also on the show too. So obviously they yeah. had gone throughout week but they still made it back in time for dynamite even though none of them wrestled and it didn't seem like they really resolved anything even though they were getting along at times but yeah it was it was definitely weird so yeah i was on hager and uh, uh warlow are just constantly like that's what i like i just want to say anything those two are just constantly just staring a hole at each other so yeah yeah <laughs> so no it's it's that, cool that's called the they want to fuck stare mm. yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean really though two good shows we we really didn't we really didn't miss out as wrestling fans but nxt was just super good uh speaking of super good i think survivor series is going to be a lot of fun so we, we can kind of talk about that break it down a little bit uh get into it i think they've had some pretty good builds for the most part there's been a few weird changes like kind of intertwined and, and things like that that have kind of muddied it up a little bit uh mostly like for instance in the women's championship or women's championship the women's survivor series match the Women's Survivor Series match was supposed to be Team Raw, which was going to be Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, along with Lana, joined by Mandy Rose and Mandy and uh, Dana Brooke. But due to Mandy's Ooh. injury, <laughs> due to Mandy's injury, they uh, there's they our got, free tickets. <laughs> they got that rid will, of that. Will never ever get. <laughs> House shows are done. House shows are over. Uh, so so basically, due to Mandy's injury. Jason took advantage replaced, of <laughs> replaced by Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. So what'd you guys think of the, the substitute there? And, uh, uh, you know, they're going up against Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Natalia, and apparently Bailey, who's going to be a part of the, the show. So what do you got? What do you guys think is going to happen in the women's survivor series match? 
don't know. I, I love me some Peyton Royce. So yeah, me too. Uh, Peyton Royce is absolutely fantastic, but unfortunately, yeah. you don't put the most recent women's champion on your team last minute if it's not going to win. Yeah, very true. I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. And apparently, did she take Zelina Vegas spot? Was it, was it Zelina that was supposed to be in that? I think so. Yeah. Or no, 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 no. Uh, no, Liv Morgan won a fatal four way with Chelsea Green, Tamina, and Natalia, which I thought was weird that they made a big deal about debuting Chelsea Green and having her, and then she lost it to so to Liv Morgan. She randomly. was she was supposed to win, but she broke her wrist midway through the match. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh my oh, god. So sucks. so the Survivor Series team that Selena Vega was supposed to be on, their Survivor Series team name should be the Union. How about the OnlyFans? Yeah, the OnlyFans. <laughs> That's the real reason she lost her job, from what I understand, is that OnlyFans. Yeah, because that was pretty much her just like super poking the bear, and they're like, all right, bitch, get the fuck out. Yep, pretty much. But according to her, she's making more money on Twitter. Yeah. WWE contract. <laughs> so at that point, I can't really blame her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be like, fire me thing. too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she'll find another. She'll end up in AEW or something, or Impact, or I mean, she's she's she, as little as Zelina Vega wrestles. She's better than ninety percent of the women's roster on either one of those shows. So yeah. I, I mean, you know, I she'll, feel like that's the downside to her go, having to go to one of those promotions. Is despite the fact that obviously WWE did not utilize her the way they could have, those those shows aren't going to utilize her either. Like she'll get used as in ring talent, but she's not going to get any fucking prime right. time. Why didn't you tell uh, me? You didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good that they, they showed a little personality there. And then, then AJ's on commentary. He's like, did you guys know we can fucking speak English? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, so AJ's been trying desperately to get these guys. Sheamus, I can't really tell if Sheamus is doing a face turn or continuing to be a heel or if he's just continuing to be Sheamus. Uh, just based off of his segments with Drew McIntyre, it was a little weird. But so, um, I definitely think that's leading towards in a feud between those two. Yeah, probably one hundred. Like I almost put like money on it. So I I can kind of see Team SmackDown winning this one, just the with the role that Jay Uso has been on, and of course the position that they put Otis in. I can I can see them coming away with the win, but I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I think I'm gonna go I, with Raw. All right. I uh, I feel like they've put so much emphasis on Raw being a shit show that they're going to come through and surprise everybody. Like, oh, wow, you guys can't even fucking beat this hot mess. Like, okay, I can get behind that. Okay, all right. I, I can definitely get behind that. So we'll say then, you know, they'll win the men's one, SmackDown win the women's one. So we got, we got one and one going into the next match. I also so the feel next- like the men's match is going to be there to showcase Keith Lee. Yeah. Okay. I, I could I could think I I could probably agree with that too. Him him or Riddle, I guess, but Yeah. All right. So then on the um on the uh the tag team side of things, we have the tag team champions, the New Day on the Raw side going up against the Street Profits on the SmackDown side. Or the uh, bootleg party uh, private party. It's no, 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 it's the other way around. Yep. They no, are the I, just, I just, I just, I just changed it. No, you can't, you can't change. No, it. I just, I, yeah, so, I just, no, so you I can't just take my why, nickname and turn around. Why, why Jason hasn't tweeted at them and, and been like, "Hey, you should just change your name to the Bootleg Street Profits already." 
I guess I could. I didn't. I don't even know if they have a private party. Have a Twitter. I bet it's set to private. Oh! <laughs> do I do I have to get an invite to the VIP lounge to tweet at them? Um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, I I've liked the build up to this. I like how they're both on each show, making fun of each other, pretending to be each other, stuff like that. I thought it's been a lot of fun. I think the match is going to be a ton of fun. Very high flying. Uh, CBS thinks that the New Day is going to win, but honestly, it's a non-title match. I can see them putting over the the younger, more up-and-coming tag team and, and letting and having the Street Profits get the win, but I'm curious uh, what you guys think. Hot take, Big E's going to screw the New Day. Ooh. Ooh. Why? Well, because there's been rumors for months that they're going to turn him heel because yeah. they want him to be more serious to elevate him to that next level instead of being fun biggie which i'm i'm against but hey it is what it is um so what better way than to have him be like i bleed blue bitches and just take out the the new day and help his new smackdown brother and bring the win home that would be interesting yeah that would be interesting kevin you, what, what do you think you like that you like that run down or do you think it would go differently that theory i don't know if he's gonna do it on this show but i do see prior party winning fuck you dude <laughs> <laughs> hey they'll dude, win more on here than the private can party can't even private party could not touch the street profits i'm sorry <laughs> they don't have the charisma they don't have the in-ring talent they're 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 high spot they're just high spot junkies fuck those i mean guys. the only thing they've got over them is that that fucking the fuck you think intro people like ricochet are Ricochet is nothing but a high spot fucking junkie. I'm sorry, were we talking I, about Ricochet? We were talking about Ricochet. We were I'm talking just about saying. Street Profits and the Bootleg Street Profits. I'm saying the Street Profits are the better tag team. They have more personality. They have more. They're 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 just better. Now, yeah, they, they, they don't need they, the announcer to be like they're made up of 13 ounces of vodka and cranberry yeah, or whatever. Ju- I mean, come Justin on, Roberts is the best. Justin Roberts is the best part of their of of that tag team, and he's not a part that's, of the tag. That's team. all you need. You, you take away his intro and you got right, let's stop arguing about this before Craig fucking leaves again. All right, yeah. cool. Sounds good. All right. So then moving on to the, to again. the, to no, the, the, the medium champions, you got the, the, the mid card guys, Bobby Lashley, medium Bobby Lashley representing the United States. <laughs> and you got Sammy Zayn representing the entire intercontinental world. And, uh, he, they're going to go up against each other. Um, I don't know. This one's kind of tough to call because you would think Bobby Lashley's just going to squash him, but Sami Zayn has gotten some weird, surprising wins. So I'm kind of uh, I'm calling it now. He's going to handcuff Bobby to his own asshole and then pin him. <laughs> yeah. I handcuff somebody to an asshole. That doesn't seem like it's possible. Uh, butt plug. <laughs> but it would come out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the joke was that it, he's a, he's such a tight ass. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow, that's that's getting dark and. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and, I, I and, really... I, and I'm fucked up, Bobby. Right, exactly. Yeah, Mike's over here talking about Bobby Lashley with a butt plug in, getting handcuffed yeah. to it, and I'm sorry, we had a, a year of him doing stupid shit with Rusev and Lana. And so I feel like it's pretty it's, on, it, on point. Is his butt plug called the Dominator? <laughs> no, it's called the Almighty. The Almighty. The Almighty. 
<laughs> it's it's called the Leo Rush. Um. Anyway. Jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yikes. All right. So, I, I mean, honestly, you know, CBS has Sammy winning that. I don't think so. I think Bobby's going to win. I mean, Bobby's just on a tear. The guy's a monster. Yeah. I don't see Sammy Zayn beating him any way, shape, or form. Though I, I will say this I feel like out of the two, Bobby Lashley doesn't need this win. I feel like it would benefit Sammy more. Like, Sammy can go and be like, I beat Bobby Lashley. I'm so fucking great. Look at me. I'm Ginger Castro. And where Bobby Lashley's going to be like, go back to just being a badass, a part of the hurt business. Like he's not. Yeah, gonna... that's true. That's true. It, it matches like this is what I hate about like these dual brand these matches or whatever for Survivor Series. Like I could care honestly less about this. So yeah. I'm just going to say Sammy's going to win. All right. Sounds good. And then on the women's side of things, a match scene, but this is just going to be a little bit different because we got, Representing the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka versus Sasha Banks, who's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, I think honestly, it's 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 a tough one to call. I you would think that Asuka probably would win, but I could even see Sasha getting the win because it seems like they're really putting a lot behind Sasha right now. Asuka's been champion for a while, doesn't really have as much to prove. So mm-hmm. I could I can see Sasha maybe finally getting that that win over Asuka. Um, to help kind of elevate her a little bit and get her away from Bailey. But um, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one to call. I 100% agree. I feel like you're, right now they're building Sasha and that's, that's the, the, the clear like path to take. There's like Oscar doesn't get anything from this. Right. I think this is going to be like a schmage. Yeah. I, mean, I think be. this is, this, could this be. would be a perfect, a perfect opportunity for somebody like Charlotte Flair or even like, yeah. Ronda Rousey to come back or something. Right. I don't think we're going to see Ronda Rousey, but I could definitely see No, that. I know, but, you know, I mean, something Char- like that. Charlotte yeah. tweeted out something from Orlando. I miss you guys or something like that, which which is leading a lot of people to believe that we're going to see her very, very shortly in, in WWE. But I don't know. I'm, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. All right. So then moving on, I think we only have left. Uh, for the, um, you know, basically the brand supremacy. So right now we have, let's, let's see where we're at with our count. So we, we, we thought the men's survivor series match was going to go to raw. The women's was going to go to SmackDown. So that's one and one. We, we think Oscar will probably win the, or Sasha will probably win the women. So that's two to one. We thought, um, I like, we, we, did we all like street profits or did we all, uh i i did i i don't know about uh i did too yeah so right now we we technically have smackdown winning this like four to one well yeah we're kind of mixed on bobby lashley Sami Zayn. i think i think you guys got majority on that you guys said sammy uh where i thought bobby would win but um but then going into the the final match which is going to be now Drew McIntyre instead of Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. And anybody who saw SmackDown could probably see this coming because why are you going to have Drew McIntyre appear on SmackDown and call out Roman and get in his face if the two of them aren't going to fight? You know, it's almost kind of like, you know, that they, they kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit there. I did kind of like the way they build it up on Raw. I love that, you know, Sheamus gave him kind of that new that gear um and the sword i loved his new entrance stabbing the sword into the ground and the fire shooting up and stuff like that i thought that was actually a really nice touch 
But with all that going into the match, you almost knew for a fact that Drew McIntyre was going to win. Yeah, and like I said before, I think that's foreshadowed like Sheamus like turning on McIntyre with something. And I'm going to say that'll probably be like McIntyre's like next feud. I honestly think he was looking way too into it because apparently the whole thing with the sword was that they were like, oh, that'd be a really cool entrance idea. And then they were like, oh, shit, how do we get a sword? And Vince McMahon was just like, I have a sword. So Vince McMahon is lending Drew McIntyre his sword from his personal collection that that Triple H and Stephanie got him as a gift for this entrance. So I I think you guys are looking a little too much into the Seamus part. I think Seamus was literally just because he, too, is is from across the pond. Well, right, but oh. you know, they've, they've been having backstage segments on Raw the last couple of weeks. Sheamus is man, I wish it, I want it to be like it used to be. We can tag together. And then he made a big deal about returning this family heirloom to McIntyre. Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I, I read somewhere. Like I said, you know, I mean, obviously that could not come true. I just read somewhere that that was um, a foreshadow. Of yeah. Supposedly that's going to be their next feud or his next feud. So. Which I can definitely see that, and they need somebody to put. I'm totally fine with that, and you know, and and clearly, you, you got to think the fiend is probably still going to go after Randy Orton, um, and you know, possibly the Miz at this point. But and, if and we're going to talk about rumor innuendo, I do. You guys hear about the rumored mixed tag match at WrestleMania? Room, they're already uh, rumoring a mixed tag match or something. Yes. Yeah, with uh, Fiend and Alexa versus wasn't it uh, was it Miz and Maurice? Uh, Edge and Beth. Ah, sorry, Edge and Beth. That's interesting. Oh, I guess I'll believe that when I see it. Which doesn't make know. any sense because it goes against the Fiend's character because you know him and yeah, I can see it being no... Bray and Alexa, but not maybe Fiend and Alexa. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still loving that storyline, though. I, I love fucking Alexa taking out. Uh, who the fuck did she jump on? John Morrison. Oh, Morrison. yeah. She took Morrison out over top of the fucking uh, into the into the Thunderdome. And then she did that. She just popped up at the end there. Like, that was fucking awesome. I love did you Did you see? I don't know if it was Conrad or somebody tweeted at Conrad. It was like. When you came home and you just took a blue chew, and it was the video of Alexa <laughs> <laughs> jumping, on, jumping, jumping on Morrison. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. And Morrison sold that awesomely too. Oh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. great. And you know, I love Neighbor Bray when he gets in there and has a match. Uh, he definitely didn't sell nearly as much for Miz as he does for some of the other people. Uh, he got a lot more offense in. You know, he he kind of teetered back and forth on that kind of angrily aggressive and calm like charming guy uh i mean he plays his character so well alexa has been playing her character so well it's just been really fun to watch and i'm really enjoying it the dynamic of the two of them when they first started teasing her being a part of that world i wasn't sure what that was going to look like or how how she would fit in but she has fit in so seamlessly to it that it's just been amazing like it, it's just been it's been one of aside from like the the roman storyline on smackdown that is probably one of the best storylines they have going right now yeah so it's been great but we're supposed to be talking about drew mcintyre and roman tangent and alexa bliss uh but uh but yeah i mean what, what do you think uh 
takes home the win, or do you think this is Roman's show that he's going to close? Oh, it's it's Roman. Yeah, Roman, Roman must pose. pose. Yeah. Roman must pose. All right. And, and honestly, like, no offense to Drew McIntyre, but like, Roman needs to go over. Yeah. Yeah. Like. So I mean, he he he's the dominant force right now. Like, you know, what I mean, like, yeah, he he's the one that needs to go over. Sure. I can definitely agree with you there, without doubt. Now, will it be clean? I doubt it. I right. imagine the Usos which will is come fine. Out and, yeah, which and is get fine. Involved, but that's how I, it should I, be. Yeah, that's what right. makes him look strong. So, right. No, I agree with you. No, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, I think that's the way it definitely should go. So, uh, but yeah, all right. So it seems like Team SmackDown is gonna gonna take the win. I know Raw dominated SmackDown a couple years ago with. Uh, you know, basically swept. I think Raw might get one or two in here, but I think SmackDown's going to come out on top in brand supremacy. I really think they're trying to build SmackDown, especially because it's on Fox, as more as that A show now. Yeah. And um, you can really tell, like, the, the storylines are, are going to complement that. Really. And, and, and the only reason they will come out on top is, is because of Roman Reigns. Remember yeah. that, too. And he'll make a, he'll make a point. He'll make it, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. Like, it, it, however, Tied go wins and and he's gonna he's gonna use that to to build his character more like that that's a good point Kev I like that that that's that I could definitely see the storyline going there so then the last thing that's supposed to happen right so it's supposed to be the Undertaker's final farewell so this is the last supposedly the last time we're gonna see the Undertaker kind of in this role um and it's uh. Uh, w since confirmed that the event will feature an appearance by the Undertaker for a final farewell. So he's supposed to make an appearance. So is this really going to be a final farewell? Is it going to lead to a match? Do you think there'll be some physicality, or do you think this is just be something where he's just going to come out and say some words and and just let it be let it be done? No, this is a match. This is an angle. All right, who, yeah. so who's co- who's coming out then to ruin his his uh his final farewell? Um. God, I'd say AJ. AJ, you think? Well, because I mean, they played up that angle where he was like still had a little PTSD from getting buried alive. Yeah, so, but they haven't, like, really, they haven't really mentioned that. In a... Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, yeah. realistically, that, 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 that's still an un, untied, like unfinished story, and. If if Taker is going to do one more match at Mania and it's going to be a legit, not cinematic match, AJ is going to be the guy that's going to make him look good. Yeah, simple. You as think that. It, but do you think they could stretch something out to Mania from here? Or oh, hundred percent. Or, or somebody would have to come out and beat the shit out of him, and then yeah, that's bury, bury him alive, and then he'll come back and race for WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm I curious mean, to see what happens. I think the whole show is going to be kind of like. I feel like most of the stuff we've seen so much, like so much, so many of the clips and, and different things like that. So I don't know. Hopefully they can piece together some some good stuff to like make it really look good. But I'm sure it's going to be a lot of career highlights and things of that nature throughout gonna, the night. I was going to say, if anybody's going to attack him, it's got to be Kane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were talks at one point um, that like they wanted Kane to also come out and like retire, but. Mayor Glenn's like, I don't know if I'm done yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, but I, I, but I, and I don't think they should do that yet. Either. 
stomps on. This is supposed to be the Undertaker's final farewell. It doesn't need to be Kane's final farewell as well. You know, that, that kind of overshadows, or not necessarily overshadows, but like who cares? The Undertaker is by and large the the main guy. You know, it's a big deal if he's if he's gonna be doing a final farewell. It, it's not necessarily as big of a deal for Kane to do it. So it doesn't really do Kane any favors and it doesn't do the Undertaker any favors, kind of stepping on his moment a little bit. Have you guys watched the Brothers of Destruction on the network? I haven't. I that one I haven't watched yet. I, I watched the Paul Bearer Mortician one, and I watched a little bit of the Undertaker's, uh, like di- dissecting his matches and stuff like that. But I haven't got a chance to see the Brothers of Destruction yet. Okay, I haven't seen it either. But like one person's comment was, um, "It sucks that it ended because it made me like wanting more. Like I guess really? they could have had. Yeah, they wish it would have been like another like two hours." Huh. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want to check out that. A lot of the stuff that they put, I thought the Paul Bear petition one was, was really good. It, it, it kind of gave you some insight into to Paul a little bit in their relationship. And, um, you know, it was, it was, I thought that some of the backstage moments they had were pretty funny. Like he started like kissing Earl Hepner at one point, like joking around, like he saw the camera and like made a, made a motion gesture and like grabbed his face and like pretended to kiss him and stuff like that. Just like some of the ribs he would do backstage were, were pretty damn funny. And some of the outtakes they had from some of those like real intense, like funeral parlor scenes that they had were, were I thought pretty good where he kind of broke character a little bit like, okay, that was take one. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Or, or, or the one where they were trying to do the embalming of stone cold. Yeah. He, he dripped off his Nick. pants. Yeah. yeah. He just kept fucking laughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So yeah, it was, it was some pretty good stuff they've had on the network. So it, I mean, it's sad, but man, 30 years, when you think about it, like I remember you know, and we could kind of start to like, you know, talk about some of our favorite Undertaker memories just to kind of close the show out. But I can remember when, you know, he debuted as the American badass and it was the decade of destruction. When you think about that, like he had been, it was such a big deal that he had been in WWE for 10 years. And now it seems like a blink of an eye later, we're celebrating 30. That's three decades of destruction that yeah. he's he's been a part like that's that's insane to me that one guy has been with the same promotion for 30 years and and he it's not like he he just started wrestling when he joined the WWE you know i had this discussion at work today uh, you know uh, some people didn't even realize that he wrestled in WCW before he even came to WWE i mean the guy was wrestling for a few years before he even got into the undertaker character so that's yeah. even more impressive considering he's probably been in the business for about 35 years if not more and the funny thing is, his first match was against another famous person's very first match. Any anybody? Ooh, man, that's that's a tough one. It's the one stunning Steve Austin, oh. and he was actually uh, Taker was in a hood, or excuse me, not a hood, in a mask, and he was known as the Punisher. That's oh, yeah. When they wrestled in Dallas. It was like the dying days of world class. Like and it started transitioning to become like uh, the Jarrett's had uh, bought out the Von Erichs. So it was like wasn't world class anymore. It was starting to call the USWA, and that's where Austin started in '89. And Taker was known as um, the Punisher. So he actually, Austin, they actually had 
Actually, I can't say it was. I don't know if it was Taker's very first match. I know it was Austin's like first like televised match. So wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been some of the. I mean, his his career has been very storied and just some of the things he's done. But like, hey, what were some moments that stick out in your guys' heads? I know I got a that that stick out in mine, but what, what, I'm curious to, to some of yours. Uh, I mean, like all the shit he did of Randy Orton back when he was a legend yeah. killer, like that all was absolutely fantastic. And then when they brought Bob Orton in on it and like the torment that ensued with that. Yeah. Um, Coming out of the flaming casket at the survivor series, like after want it for his team and he's like sitting there on it, on everybody's shoulders and they drop the casket, set it on fire. It's actually my profile picture in discord. That's how much I love that moment. So <laughs> By the way, sorry I interrupted you. Keep going. You're, you're fine. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, there's that. There's, I mean, I, I still to this day think that CM Punk versus Taker was one of the best Taker feuds. Yeah. Just with how personal it got. Um, they touched on that at the end of the Paul Bearer documentary, and I kind of forgot some of the stuff that they did. You know, mm-hmm. having the the fake Paul Bearer come out doing the voice, and mm-hmm. you know the Heyman the... Heyman was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just man, like they they were they definitely they definitely made that storyline pretty brutal. And it was it was good, though. It needed to be that. And I I think they're 100 percent right. Like after watching everything that I've watched on Paul Bear, he would 100 percent be on board with them making. Oh, and they they got approved by his son. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. Especially the ashes when fucking punk took the oh, ashes yeah. out, bathed yeah. in the ashes. Like, eh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was fucking. Put it on it. How about you, Kev? What, what were some moments that stick out to you? Honestly, the first moment was when he locked the Ultimate Warrior in the casket. Oh yeah, on on the funeral parlor. Yeah, like, like I remember when I I didn't see when Taker debuted, but like the first time I saw him Taker was WrestleMania Seven. Like that's the first time I ever saw him. And I'm just like watching. I'm like, man, who is this? And my dad was like, that's me, Mark from NWA. Yeah. He's like, you remember me, Mark? We used to see, I was like, oh, okay. So that's how, I mean, even at a young age, I was like, oh, okay. So put two and two together. So he's like, yeah, now he's the Undertaker. He's all dead and everything. He's trying to like <laughs> play along to me, like, like, come on, dad. I know it's not fucking real. So, <laughs> but. I will say when he locked the Undertaker, or excuse me, when the Undertaker locked the Ultimate Warrior in the casket, that was I think the only second time I ever cried during a wrestling show. Like the first time was when Warrior beat Hogan for the yeah. title at WrestleMania Six, and then I cried um, when that happened too. No, I take that back. I got upset and was crying when the Mega Powers split up too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Three times. Three times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, that just sticks out to me right there. I mean, and there's so many moments, like, you could go on, like, year by year. Yeah. You know, almost month by month. Like, um, that, uh, his his return at WrestleMania 20 in, in Madison Square Garden, I thought yeah. was fucking amazing. Like, even Morgan, like, I think she, She's always loved the Undertaker herself. Like she doesn't really, really watch wrestling. Like, she just loves. She just like I just love his entrances. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
she's like just more than anything like that's just they're just so amazing so um yeah like i, said, I can go on and on and on forever um myself so yeah i you know and i was fortunate enough my dad my dad got survivor series every as a kid I, I don't know what it was but i did see his debut live because it wasn't the last match on the card it was it was kind of in the middle of the card it might even been this it might even been the second match but dibiase's team and he introduced him coming out with brother love like i remember watching that as a kid and like seeing this guy and looking at the faces of the crowd as like he was walking through and i had kind of the same face like who, what what is what is this thing you know and you know he's in the ring, no selling. Like that was the first time I think I remember ever seeing a guy, a monster like that, no sell, like anything. Like he just, no matter what, like Bret Hart punched him in the face, and he just looked at him and tagged out. Like it just, you know what I mean? Just little little things like that. But like over the years, I love the the American Badass debut during Judgment Day with the you had the girls that were doing the the kind of ring around the rosy chant that kind of led into that, that pay-per-view and him riding the motorcycle down and clearing house. Um, you know, I mentioned before coming out of the flaming casket, um, you know, just some of the, just some of the more memorable, like his entrances are always something to watch. I loved, was it the, was it against punk when he came up from the floor and had like the, the hands, like hands to pull him yeah. back? Yeah. That mm-hmm. was such I a that, cool entrance. I thought that was against uh, Lesnar. Nope, next that year. was that was punk. No, yeah, Lesnar. He had all gets lined up, and uh, they were like basically all twenty. Was it twenty one people were lined up, and he had like a he had like a casket for each one of them, and mm-hmm. then the last casket was supposed to be for Lesnar for the twenty two. That's how that one was set up. But um, yeah, do you know who two of the zombie hands were? One was people were one I, was Xavier Woods. I know, I know Sami Zayn was one. And Sam, of them. And Sami Zayn was zero. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. But yeah, man, I just, I mean, The Undertaker always has been 1A, one, 1B, one my favorites. And to your point, you know, the funeral parlor, uh, Kevin, you know, when he locked in Ultimate Warrior, I remember that too as a kid. And I, I just remember, like, I could, I was in like disbelief, like, especially how real they made it seem because they, they had like the EMTs coming out. They had that, like, the bag. They're trying to do like chest compressions on the Ultimate Warrior, mm-hmm. like, as a kid. Like, that, like, watching that as a, like, it was like a, wasn't it just like a, a Saturday it a, show it, it, or something? It was like a, it was like a oh, Sunday morning or something. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was intense to watch. Like, it was fucking like, oh, my what, God. what is going on here? My dad's um, like, my dad's like, it's not locked. They're fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and then, um, and then, how about when he when he made his face turn when um, when uh, Jake the Snake slammed his hand in the casket, and then he mm-hmm. kept hitting him with a chair, and Taker just kept following him with that yeah. slow, methodic like Michael Myers walk and stuff like that. That and, was and that, and that, that was cool. Yeah, that wasn't very long. After. No, actually, no. What he did uh, before that, remember Jake the Snake was gonna. Hit Macho Man with a chair, but Liz was coming through. Oh, he stopped so him. He, yeah, he stopped. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, on the next show, and then he D- and then Jake DDT Paul Bearer, and then yeah, yeah. man, just just crazy. And the whole dynamic with him and Paul, I I remember the uh, the Yokozuna casket match at Royal Rumble when he ascended to the heavens after locker room the entire heel locker room basically beat the shit out of him and put him in the casket. Like I had that tape. Um, you know, a recording of that tape. I watched that. I watched that Royal Rumble, and I watched that match probably, probably a hundred times. I mean, just just wore that tape out. So, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I 
I don't know if anybody else, else has anything they want to say. Just some of the most memorable moments in wrestling over the past 30 years. You know, I'm 37 now. So for the, you know, basically my entire life remembering wrestling has been with The Undertaker in it. Like the, I, I remember a little bit before him, but for the most part, you know, when I've really my my height as a fan and my like my like longevity as a fan has basically spanned his entire career. So for him to be calling it quits and like, and while I'm happy because I don't think he needs to get in the ring anymore for his body, for his family, I'm totally fine with him, with him calling it quits. If this leads to another match, great. I kind of, in a way I kind of hope it doesn't like, I kind of want it to be over, but you know, it's, it's just crazy, man. It's surreal that, you know, you, you basically, you know, I was a big Hogan fan, but Hogan started before I started watching, you know what I mean? Like Hogan was a thing before. You know, I, I became a Hulkamaniac and yeah, Sean, but Sean didn't have nearly as long as a, you know what I mean? It's just, it just seems like, you know, Taker has spanned every decade that I've been alive. And, and that's, you know, that's saying something, man. That's, that's crazy. But yeah. All right. Anybody else have anything they'd like to add before it's out? No, let's see because it's falling asleep. Yeah. While well, we still have Craig in here. <laughs> Michael, you got anything or are you good? I'm good. All right, cool. All right, well, hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. I know it's a little bit different, a little bit rushed. Um, promise you we talked for about an hour before any of this, uh, thinking that we were recording something and we didn't. And instead of just re- trying to relive what we had already created, we just said, fuck it, let's just have some fun and uh, talk Survivor Series, talk about The Undertaker, and, and kind of close this out strong. So, you know, we'll you be back. We can't remake that magic. <laughs> so that's very true uh, Wait, nobody could piece together a podcast like us <laughs> I don't think it's ever been done has it ever been done? You, never it's just tremendous it's just three tremendous. parts one of them's invisible <laughs> you have to you have to go hunting for it it's, it's in, tremendous it's in the internet which I hear isn't actually a real net I mean just just <laughs> tremendous you know we won no matter what we won tonight we won. at the end of the day all that matters is Sleepy Kev conceded because NXT is the best. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. We really do appreciate it. We'll have one more and then we're going to break. But in the meantime, you can catch us on our social media accounts at Live Your Gimmick, both on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also check out anything we do with Media Junkie at Media Junkie Vids. We do have some other shows that are part of our lineup. So you can take uh, the time when we're off to get caught up on Fanboy Fight Club or check out Jamar's show, Why Are You a Gamer? Uh, you can also check out the YouTube channel we have, which is youtube.com slash Media Junkie. If you miss hearing Michael's voice, you can find him on his show, which is called Modern Tory Fair News. And you have your own URL for that now. I do. All you have to do is type in youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair. And it'll take you right to our channel on Fridays. We've got the news of me and Jamar and on Mondays, I review action figures. And if you enjoy figure photography, go ahead to our Instagram or our Twitter at modern toy fair. Tons of stuff on there. We have a giveaway, subscribe to the channel, comment, like all that bullshit. And you don't have to worry about us taking a break because whether I'm choking the death on my own snot or Jamar has a baby. We fucking show up every week. Well, Jamar didn't show up for a while. Who needed? Hey, hey, baby. hey, <laughs> doesn't matter. I still show up. Well, you don't have another job right now. So that's all you have. To do. <laughs> and he goes quiet. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you guys again for listening to this. I think it show. went quiet because you like cut real bad. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah, I think so. I-, I was just making fun of him for not having an but uh make sure you <laughs> subscribe to our make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you're on Apple, leave us a five-star review. Thank you again for listening. For Michael and Kevin, I'm Jason, reminding you sparks out there to be a fan and always, always live your gimmick. Thank you and goodbye. His name's Slapdick. Don't let him tell anything different. <laughs> you fucking dweeb. <laughs> Thank you, unemployment line.